Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, September 14th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by my NFL partner, Sugar Shane Caldwell. And Shane, exciting week one main slate yesterday. Great games. We had the shootout with Seattle and Atlanta. And it was a profitable day for our members on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Yeah, it was great to see. We we cashed in 100% of all the lineups we provided. We provided, what was it, three different FanDuel lineup scenarios. Those all cashed. And I, we also provided a Yahoo hybrid that cashed as well, Yahoo Daily Fantasy. And our DraftKings clipboard was on fire with some great plays. Uh, you know, some of our best plays that we were talking about all week that we loved, the guys like Josh Jacobs, who went for the hat trick, the trifecta yes. there with touchdowns. So that's always good. We, we definitely were all over that. Devontae Adams, we talked about in both podcasts. We're hyping him up big time. I talked a lot about how Minnesota's pass rush was weak. And, you know, I wish I would have played Aaron Rodgers because I was talking right. all week how Minnesota was weak on defense right now. Uh, and I didn't play Aaron Rodgers, but uh, but but we did have plenty of Devonte uh, Adams, which was great. So yeah, there's some there was some awesome plays, and we had some Mark Andrews who went off. And the interesting thing was was fading guys. You know, we mostly faded Christian McCaffrey, who yeah. had a decent game, but he didn't have one of those forty fantasy point games that right. breaks the slate. So by fading him, that differentiated our build, and also fading guys like Michael Thomas, who pretty much laid an egg. That was yep. a bold move. We mostly faded him, uh, you know, faded faded some of these guys. Uh, George Kittle, we didn't have a lot of exposure to him at tight end because we liked other guys. So so a lot of our takes were really hitting there. Uh, and, and week one, it was very unpredictable. I think we fared pretty well, and I'm really happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was great with, with Adams, like you said, but we had Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan for our two quarterbacks that we played, you know, for the FanDuel lineups and then our core quarterback on DraftKings was Matt Ryan. So that worked out just fine. That shootout back and forth, Seattle, Atlanta, that's exactly what we were looking for. We had a lot of Julio Jones, DK Metcalf on the other side. That was terrific. Calvin Ridley, another yep. guy who went off that we had exposure to. Yeah, right. we, we, we loved that game all week, and it, and it definitely did not disappoint. You know, Matt Ryan wasn't really that productive. I mean, I think he maybe only had two touchdowns, but he had 450 passing yards. So right. I think he hit that bonus on DraftKings there. Yeah, he did. He hit <laughs> yeah. that one easily. He almost hit it twice. He was yeah. should have gotten four and a half bonus points for that instead of just three. Yeah, uh, exactly. but yeah so terrific uh, week one main slate for us. And what we're going to do today is break down the Monday night football slate, two-game slate. And then for our, our members, we will provide a two-game main slate lineup on both sites, FanDuel and DraftKings. And we're also going to provide showdown lineups for each game on FanDuel, as well as the coach's clipboard on DraftKings for the two-game main slate. And then the core plays for the showdown uh, two showdown slates on DraftKings. So uh, it's an exciting Monday. We're going to be very busy. Uh, if you haven't joined us yet, please do jump in today. You, you'll still be able to get access to those lineups tonight. Uh, we give those out in uh, in Discord to our members about 45 minutes before kickoff. So all you have to do is go to dfscoachtalk.com, uh, go to the membership page and select whether you want the week, the month, the year, or the fall special, which goes for four months and all of those memberships cover all of our sports we do nfl right now of course but we started with nba that's our core sport so we give out lineups seven days a week there you know this is a, a random odd day off in the bubble today monday 
But uh, I'll be back tomorrow with an awesome two-game slate. So you get access to the NBA lineups, MLB lineups every day, and the PGA lineups once a week. So uh, go to DFSCoachTalk.com for that. And then for today's podcast, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, BetUS. You can go to BetUS.com.pa. And if you're signing up for the first time, there's a terrific first-time deposit match of 125%. So just use the promo code COACHTALK, and you can get that uh, terrific deposit bonus. So we thank presenting sponsor BetUS, uh, our new partner here. Very excited to be to be partnered with them. So uh, starting off with Game 1, Shane, it's a 7-10 kickoff. Pittsburgh traveling to New York to play the Giants. Pittsburgh, the... Uh, Six-point favorites on the road, according to BetUS, and it's a 45 over-under. Second game's 41 out in Denver uh, with the Titans a three-point favorite. So Pittsburgh is the biggest favorite on the board, biggest over-under. So why don't we start with your general breakdown of game one here? Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh is a a shaping up to be a dominant team if they stay healthy this year. If Ben Rosselsberger is healthy, which all all reports are indicating he's healthy with the weapons he has in this elite defense, I mean, they are quite the contender. I mean, what a division there, the NF, the AFC North, to have Baltimore and a fully loaded Pittsburgh team. That's a tough right. division there, right there. So, uh, yeah, so I think you got to love uh, loading up on a lot of Pittsburgh here. And uh, makes you a little nervous to play the New York Giants guys with the, going up against that defense because they they don't have a lot of weaknesses. Um, but yeah, let's start with uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, you got uh, Ben Roethlisberger coming back. He's got a full array of weapons here, and all indications he's healthy. He's looking good in camp, and he's slinging the ball around. Uh, that makes everything better. He gets them into the right run plays. He's basically the coach on the field. He's really experienced at that. So that helps out James Conner, we'll talk about, helps out all these receivers where last year they had a hosh-posh of random quarterbacks and they still put up some stats. But this yep. is a great offense to target. So Rosselsberger, 7,800 on FanDuel and 7,000 on, on DK. And he's the guy that is worth paying up for here. Uh, he's definitely producing. He's going to produce. He should be able to put up over 300 yards. It's great that he throws to his running back. You can even stock, stack him with uh, Connor here. Um, and then when we get to James Connor, his price is pretty much too low to, to pass on. He's their bell cow back. He's going to get early down work, passing down work. He's 6,800 on FanDuel and 6,400 on DK. Pretty much a too, too low of a price for a bell cow guy against a pretty good matchup against the Giants front here. Uh, so really can't pass on him. It's It'd be very difficult to fade him. Uh, so he's kind of a lock and load. Um, he will be highly owned, but you got to eat the chalk there. Uh, Smith-Schuster is priced pretty high for the slate. So I don't see him getting really high ownership. So Juju Smith-Schuster, he should play better, though, and have high upside again with Rosselsberger back, with Deontay Johnson and other good receivers in the mix here, and a healthy Connor that should create more space uh, underneath there for Schuster to operate. And he has a great uh, matchup against the uh, Giants secondary. The Giants did get James Bradbury, who's a good corner, but Smith-Schuster can move around the formation and get on some of their other corners who are not good. So uh, aside from, you know, James Bradbury, the the Giants secondary is really weak. So Smith-Schuster will get good matchups. And if you want to pay up for him, that's going to be contrarian. He's 7,100 on FanDuel and 7,200 on DK. 
I don't think he's going to be super highly owned because people are going to want to save money with the wide receiver position so they can pay up for all these stud running backs, these bell cut running backs here. Um, so that's where if you want to differentiate, you could throw Smith-Schuster in there. And I think he is a guy that has pretty, uh, pretty high upside in this matchup. And then the value receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson had a great rookie season last year. He's a great route runner. He's always getting open. He knows the offense. Uh, he's starting to get more chemistry with Roethlisberger. He hasn't played with Roethlisberger as much, but I think the combination of, of him and Roethlisberger, the fact that he performed so well without Roethlisberger tells me he's a really good receiver. And in his second year, he's really good, and he's way too cheap. 5900 on FanDuel for Deontay Johnson, 4400 on DK to me is like a misprice. It almost looks like an error to me. He's way too cheap. So, so love Deontay Johnson here. Uh, you can take a look at guys like James Washington. Uh, James Washington, I'm a little nervous about, though, because they could throw in Chase Claypool, the rookie, who's a big physical guy on the outside. They could mix him in as well. Um, plus, you got uh, they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel with Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, which means James Washington is not going to get as many snaps. He's a boomer bust guy that they'll take some deep shots with. Uh, so I'm not going to get a lot of exposure to him, but you certainly could in GPPs if you're running multiple lineups because he's the ultimate boomer bust guy and they do like to take deep shots with him. Uh, other than that, focus on the other guys that I mentioned there. Um, what are you thinking with the Pittsburgh Steelers here? Well, let's start with Big Ben since he's back, and it was a, almost a shock to the system when you talked about him getting over 300 yards just because of the rough year they had last year with you know through the air. Um, but let's not forget the five years before last year, Pittsburgh was a top seven offense every year, and Big Ben throws it a lot. You know, he led the league in completions two years ago. Uh, like you said, uh, the key position players around him are healthy. So uh, this is a great matchup in week one. The Giants were bad against the pass and the run last year. So I'm going to have a lot of ex exposure to the Steelers on the two-game slate and on the showdown slate. Uh, Big Ben certainly in consideration as one of my two favorite quarterbacks here on the slate. Uh, James Conner, you know, they came out and announced the obvious that he's their bell cow back. And he's just way underpriced, as you say. So uh, he's locked in for me. Um, with the pass catchers, uh, you know, Juju is a, a tough in a tough spot here because uh, it's just sort of the overall build. We'll, we'll be talking about it throughout the show here today. How many of these star running backs are you going to get in your lineup? You know, if you get James Conner, are you going to add Saquon? Are you going to add Derrick Henry from the second game? If you do, then it's a little bit harder to, to pay up for Juju. Uh, so that's one of the key strategy pieces that we'll be working on throughout the day uh, before we finalize our lineups uh, with the tight ends, Ebron, a uh, lot, of, lot of good talk about him in the red zone. Uh, so I, I do like the possibilities there. Um, you know, deep sleeper, you could look at Vance McDonald. Uh, he's really cheap, especially in the showdown slate. He's even, there's even more of a difference between him and him and Ebron. Uh, so think about that if you're a GPP player. And then I'll wrap up on the, on the Pittsburgh side, just talking about their defense. Uh, definitely my favorite defense on the slate. They forced 38 turnovers last year, which was number one in the league. And they're going up against Daniel Jones, who could not take care of the ball last year. He turned it over 23 times, uh, just fumbling left and right, bunch of picks. So this is just a, a perfect matchup on paper for Pittsburgh as the defense here, whether it's the uh, the showdown slate or the two-game slate. Um, 
you know, certainly makes a little more sense on the two-game slate where you have to pick a defense. But you could also use the defense in a showdown slate on DraftKings. Um, so let's use that transition to start talking about the Giants. I mean, is there any way you could possibly roster Daniel Jones tonight uh, against this Pittsburgh defense? No, I'm pretty much 100% off on uh, yeah. full fade on Daniel Jones here. Uh, I don't think I want to get that risky. I know he's flashed for a couple upside games, but it's pretty unlikely this is going to be one of them. Uh, anything's possible in the NFL with this the way this environment is, but I yeah. full fade for Daniel Jones. The big question is, is Saquon Barkley, you know, what you're going to do with him. It's kind of hard to fade Saquon Barkley. He's probably the most talented overall running back in terms of just strength and between the tackles and, you know, he can catch passes. Uh, you know, so he's, he's, I think he's, you know, in season long, he was my number one running back this year. This is not a great matchup for him. Pittsburgh's defense is stout and they're really good, but I do like Saquon Barkley and I will be playing him because he's going to get uh, pretty much all the work. He's going to, he's going to get pretty much all the volume here uh, for the most part. And I like the fact they're going to get him more involved in the passing game. The, the word is uh, with uh, the new coordinator in town there, uh, they're going to get, more passing work with Saquon and focus on that kind of in that Christian McCaffrey role. So even if he can't dominate in the running game, he should be able to dominate in the passing game. And believe me, Daniel Jones will be checking down a lot because he's going to be running for his life against the Pittsburgh defense. And Saquon will be a nice, good out, outlet, get him the ball and get him in space and see what he can do. Uh, so I think Saquon is his upside is in the passing game here. And hopefully he can break off a couple nice runs too. Um, Pittsburgh did lose their, uh, their starting, uh, nose tackle, J Javon, uh, uh, trying to, I'm drawing a blank on his name though. They did lose their starting nose tackle, uh, in the off season. They do still have Cam, Cam Hayward and Steven Tewitt at D tackle. Those guys are really, really tough. Um, but they, but they did lose some, uh, their nose tackle and they're a little weak in the center there. Uh, so they're not quite as dominant maybe against the run, but they're still really good, but definitely like Saquon. Other yeah, and Shane, the, the new uh, offensive coordinator, of course, Jason Garrett, who yep. has uh, a history of being involved with getting the ball to his star running back with uh, carries as well as through the air, of course, in, in Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so if it's anything like that, it, you know, slash McCaffrey, um, should be plentiful touches for Saquon this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jason Garrett's going to he's going to scheme to try to get Saquon Barkley more involved and they're going to need to against this defense. And yeah, it was, and it was camp. Uh, it was uh, not, it was hard. Javon Hargrave. Sorry. I couldn't think of his name that the nose tackle who was a defensive stuffer for Pittsburgh and he's no longer there. He, he left in free agency. Um, so the other guys you can look at with the New York giants would be, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard has good reports out of camp as being the top wide receiver. Uh, he's 5,700 on Fanduel and 5,200 on DK. Now, Sterling Shepard's in a nice spot here because I don't think he's going to get much ownership. People are going to steer away because that Pittsburgh secondary is so dominant with the dominant pass rush and secondary. But there is a scenario where Sterling Shepard goes off and has a touchdown or two and has a big game against this, especially in garbage time. Uh, so I do like Sterling Shepard as a play that you can separate yourself from the rest of the pack as a two-game slate. There's going to be a lot of chalk, and you got to find a way to differentiate your lineup. And then Evan Ingram is is healthy, and when he's healthy, he's usually really solid. He's looking really good in camp. Has a good connection with with Evan Ingram. Uh, with Evan Ingram has a good connection with Daniel Jones, and I think he's really solid. Sixty three hundred on Fanduel, fifty four hundred on DK. To me, seems too cheap. 
And uh, he's a guy that basically plays big slot receiver. You know, it's not like he's a guy that's in there blocking all the time. So he's a good tight end to target here. Uh, and he has really high upside as well. And again, you might get some garbage time. Even if they get shut down the first half, maybe these these guys get off a little bit on the second half. Uh, so a little little nervous to play the New York guys. I definitely like Pittsburgh's defense, um, but you got to get some exposure there if you want to differentiate yourself. And I don't think you can fade Saquon Barkley. It's really hard to do that. Yeah, it is. You know, just those raw points are probably going to be important, uh, probably impossible to make up if he has a solid game. You know, even if he doesn't completely go off, uh, there's just not enough pay-up options that are that attractive really as alternatives. Um, want to mention Golden Tate is questionable with the hamstring, so we'll see how that plays out. This is the first game, of course, so we'll have that news. But if he's out, you could give a little, even more of a bump to Shepard and Darius Slayton. Uh, I do like Ingram as well, especially on the showdown slate, of course, where you have to play at least one member of the Giants. Um, if you want to get really bold and, and fade Saquon there, you could go with Ingram as your giant, or you could go with both of those two, um, you know, with Connor on the other side as, as the captain, and um, uh, you, you're looking at a nice build there. So I'm, I'm excited about the showdown slate here in this first game. Uh, we'll have the lineups there for our members. All right, before we get to game two, Shane, um, just want to mention on social media and on YouTube here, uh, please uh, mash that like button for us on YouTube and uh, click the subscribe button so you know when our shows come out. Right now we're doing three NFL shows per week. We're doing the, the Monday preview here. We do a uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning preview for the entire week coming, coming ahead. And then we do a Saturday night show. Uh, late Saturday night comes out for the Sunday main slate. So uh, hit the subscribe button for that. And then, of course, you'll also get the seven NBA shows per week and the uh, one PGA show per week. Uh, social media, you can find Shane on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. So give him a follow, and you can find me at Language Olympic. You can find the group at DFS Coach Talk, and then our leader, Joe Sarvati, J O E S A R V A D I. So thank you for all your support on YouTube and social media, and we'd love to interact with you. So uh, hit us up with questions uh, whenever you have them. All right, Shane, game number two. On the opening Monday night of the season, we've got the Titans against the Broncos. And as we mentioned at the top, Titans are favored by three on the road, over under 41 at betus.com.pa. So what are your initial thoughts on this matchup? So we got more of a low-scoring low game here at over under 41. The interesting thing is this game opened up, and uh, they were actually had Denver as the favorites. And then all of a sudden we got the Von Miller news, which is kind of big, right. a big deal. So Von Miller's out for the year with an injury. And then all of a sudden the line swung back to Tennessee's way. But I think this is there, there's some challenges involved with the travel uh, in this environment here. So Tennessee's got to travel a long ways. They're going to go out to Denver and play in altitude. So I will, I just want to mention that I think Denver does have the slight advantage, home field advantage where most teams don't because – the away team has to travel. Then they have to go to altitude and play in the altitude, which they haven't trained and acclimated to. So that I think that creates a little advantage for some of the Denver plays. But overall, Tennessee is probably the better overall team here. Uh, so with Tennessee, I think that uh, I do like uh, do like Ryan Tannehill. I think the nice thing about Tannehill is I think they're going to load the box against Henry. So he is going to have to pass at some point, and he has plenty of weapons. 
and uh, you know Denver is in Denver is uh, beatable in the secondary. They got a good secondary. They're overall have been good against the pass. Uh, but they did lose Chris Harris, and of course they lost Von Miller, their number one pass rusher, who causes a lot of issues in the pass game. So with Tannehill, he can pass and he can get out and run the ball a little bit as well. He has potential for rushing touchdowns and rushing yards. Uh, you know, like we always say, if he gets 40 rushing yards, that's like throwing an extra touchdown, you know, right. and he's certainly capable of that. So Tannehill, $7,000 on FanDuel and 5700 on DK seems a little bit too low for me. Uh, especially on DK, I can see there's a big differentiate differentiating in price between him and Rosselsberger on DK, where FanDuel, they're a little bit closer. Uh, so 5,700 on DK for Tannehill. And then it comes to Derrick Henry. And again, are you going to, you know, there's going to be decisions in this two-game slate. Are you going to try to fit in all the stud running backs and just try to fit in Connor and fit in Saquon and Henry? Because Henry's obviously a stud and a bell cow, and we've seen how much he dominated in the playoffs. But the only problem with that, we were talking in our pregame huddle. I said, well, the only problem with that is a lot of people are going to be doing that, you know. So Mm -hmm. you're not differentiating yourself because you are trying to score the most points, but you're also trying to beat your competitors and come up with scenarios that maybe they didn't think of that that, that could create a competitive edge here. And that's the best way to win in DFS. So Henry's 8,400 on FanDuel and 7,500 on DK. So he does have a pretty reasonable price. Um, he doesn't catch as many passes. There were some reports that he might catch more screen passes, uh, and he's certainly going to be the every down back. They don't really have a backup running back. Their 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 rookie Darrington Evans is out for this game, so they got some special teams guys and backup guys that could spell him. But he's pretty much the one man show. So that's the thing you like about him. But he doesn't really catch a lot of passes in the passing game here, and they're going to game plan and load up in the box to stop him. Uh, the other thing that uh, we talked about earlier, the Titans actually traded. Uh, Jarrell uh, Casey uh, to the uh, Denver Broncos. And that kind of made Casey very upset. He wasn't happy with that trade. So he's their nose tackle in the middle of that defense, which upgrades the Broncos run defense as he's a run stopper. He's really highly rated against the run. So they have, so they have him and we got the revenge narrative now here. Uh, They're going to try to stop Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry is also, you know, on a mission to be the most dominant running back. You know, he finally got paid. Uh, So it's an interesting matchup there in the trenches. It's definitely going to be smash mouth football here. Uh, So there is a scenario though, where Denver, uh, can actually load the box and stop Henry and limit him. And he's not like he's that explosive in the pass game. So there is a scenario where Henry doesn't have a good game like he did against Denver last year. He didn't have a good game. And that way, if you fade him, then you can really create an advantage. Um, but yeah. there's also the scenario where Henry dominates as well because he's that good. Um, he but that yeah. Good. And yeah. also Henry's got to travel into the altitude here and play, play at mile high, which could cause some issues. Yeah. And to your point, the actual numbers last year in that matchup in week six in Denver, Henry carried it 15 times for only 28 yards. And, uh, you know, that was when they had Mariota starting. Mariota Mariota got pulled that game and Tannehill came in. And obviously they're a much different offense with Tannehill. So they have to respect the passing game. But it wouldn't surprise me if they stacked the box and did as much as they could to you know, put the pressure on the Titans passing game. And if we fade Henry and, and that's how the game script plays out, uh, that'll give us a huge edge over the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And if, and if the Titans are going to have to pass more, if the game stays close or they're slightly behind, uh, then you got AJ Brown, who's awesome as a rookie last year. So you think him going the one year one to two 
jump and having a full year with Tannehill, who's obviously a better quarterback than when they had Mariota. Uh, so you got to love A.J. Brown. He's 6,700 on FanDuel and 6,000 on DK. The only thing I don't like about him, of course, he's going to be super highly owned. Other than that, yeah, again, you might have to uh, eat the chalk here. So he, that guy is just completely explosive and just so physical. He just dominates out there. So he's really good uh, against the, you know, Denver secondary is pretty decent, but they, they can, they're definitely beatable. Uh, and then you have John Smith, who's kind of that wild card type guy reports out of camp. John Smith's looking really good. He's an explosive tight end. There's no more Delaney Walker out there. So John Smith's going to get a lot more snaps and hopefully more targets. If he gets targets and gets some catches here, he's a big run after the catch guy and he's explosive athlete. So at 4,900 on FanDuel or 4,000 on DK for John o. Smith is is a pretty cheap price, and you can definitely take a look at him. Uh, it's just a matter of you know are they going to get him enough targets? We also have Adam Humphreys. Now Adam Humphreys is an interesting play because there's so many big names on this slate. People are not thinking about Adam Humphreys. It's not a big name where you go, oh, I want to play Adam Humphreys. You know, so he's he's 4,900 on FanDuel and he's only 3,500 on DK. So I think on DK, you have to consider him because him and Tannehill haven't played that much. But if they can get some chemistry, Tannehill can hit him over the middle since they're going to be loading the box. Um, and I think that he can rack up some receptions here and he he can uh, produce in the red zone. Humphreys can catch, catch touchdowns in the red zone as well. So that's way too cheap for 3500 And he's one of those guys you'll actually get at lower ownership, which is really hard to find in this slate. Um, and then also, I just want to mention Tennessee's defense is solid if you're not playing Pittsburgh's defense. Then Tennessee's defense going against a young quarterback with Drew Locke and going against Denver, uh, they're they're pretty solid defense uh, all around. So so I think they're a good defense to play as well. But it's hard to get away from Pittsburgh's defense. Okay, so that's my Tennessee side. Any other thoughts here for you on Tennessee? Yeah, I'll get to that in a sec. I, I just want to mention I always get a chuckle when you press your earpiece there. It makes it yeah. seem like we've got a producer in the background sending you yeah. information. So for the yeah, folks. That's awesome. For the folks wondering at home, it, it, there's no there's no producer back there. It's just Shane and yeah. I doing our thing. Um, and <laughs> for those funny. of you listening on on Spot, Spotify or iTunes, you can watch our shows on YouTube. So we invite you to do that if you prefer the videos. Um, that way you can see if I'm getting secret information. Yeah, I got I got, I got the, <laughs> exactly. the people at Mile High Stadium are reporting to me right now what the conditions right. are. What's what's it looking like? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so on the on the Titan side, I do like Adam Humphreys as a GPP option. You know, really really good um, PPR guy. He had six, six catches against Denver last year, uh, and a guy on a two game slate who can be the difference maker. And I agree with you with your analysis on the rest of the team uh, and Titans with Clowney now in the mix. Certainly an explosive defense that's worth considering as a as a pivot to uh, to Pittsburgh. Over on the Denver side, big injury news here. You mentioned Von Miller being out, so that changes things for the defense. But in terms of the receivers for Denver, uh, two big question marks. Cortland Sutton, questionable with a shoulder. Um, and then K.J. Hamler, the rookie, questionable with a hamstring. So uh, that's going to be a big turning point, and this is the second game. So you want to strategize there. If you're going to use Cortland Sutton, you need to be ready to pivot to him. And as I always say with our members, and I've said a couple times on the shows before, you really have to make sure that you know when the game times are and you and you slot guys accordingly. So with Cortland Sutton, um, obviously, if he's only one of three receivers that you're playing, he's in your wide receiver s slot. But 
if you're playing four wide receivers, get him in the flex spot so that he's in the second game. And if you need to pivot, you can pivot to anybody, whether it's a running back or a tight end. Uh, give yourself the the ultimate flexibility when any anybody has a questionable tag. Get him in that flex spot. So, and Andrew, can I mention yeah. real quick? I think that's a great point. And just to give uh, just to give uh, viewers a little bit of perspective there. So, if you wanted to play Cortland Sutton and get him at low ownership because of the injury concern, but he ends up playing, he could have a big game and create a big edge at low ownership here. He had a lot of games last year. Uh, he's kind of boomer bust, but he could have two touchdown upside here. But for example, you could put him in the flex spot and you could go down to Melvin Gordon, mm -hmm. uh, who's a similar price. And Melvin Gordon is going to get a lot of receiving work here and he's going to be a solid running back, which we'll talk about him, especially if Court and Sutton's out. They're going to need Melvin Gordon even more. Uh, so exactly. that's an example. Or you could go way down to Jerry Judy if you don't have him in your lineup and just leave a bunch of money on the table. Right. So, so speaking of Judy, why don't you break down the passing game here? If Sutton and or Hamler are out, we're looking at Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton. So how are you, um, you know, how, what's your analysis on this Broncos passing game? Yeah, I mean, I like Drew Locke in general. I think that in his second year, he's learned a lot more. I think he's going to be a lot better at reading defenses and, you know, keeping his eye down the field uh, for open receivers. So, and he, Drew Locke does have a little mobility to him as well. He can he can run around and get open and make plays. So I do like Drew Block, Drew Locke. I'm not going to play him in this slate with the other choices um, against this matchup, but I would tell you that he makes guys like Jerry Judy better. Jerry Judy's pretty cheap and he's, he's going to be their star receiver. I don't like rookies in general this year with the shortened off season, but Jerry Judy is way above what, you know, he's just very advanced for a rookie in terms of his route running concepts and his ability to understand and pick up on concepts in, in the offense. So Jerry Judy is way ahead of his years compared to most rookies says he's one of the few guys I'm comfortable with. And it's a two game slate as well. So 5,200 on FanDuel for Jerry Judy and 4,200 uh, on DraftKings. That reminds me of Deontay Johnson's price way underpriced. So Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, way underpriced on DraftKings there, 4,200. Uh, so J Jerry Judy is going to get a lot of work. He's going to move all around the formation. I don't think he's just a slot. He's got a pretty good matchup. Tennessee's deep. Uh, Tennessee's, uh, you know, secondary is not great. So I love Jerry Judy here. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy I fire up. Uh, I also like Melvin Gordon. And the reason why I like Melvin Gordon is the narrative out of camp is that he's not looking that great and that Philip Lindsay is going to get a bunch of carries. I don't necessarily believe that narrative. I think that, yeah, Philip Lindsay will get more work and cut into Melvin Gordon's workload earlier in the year. And then eventually Melvin Gordon takes over more. But they paid Mel Melvin Gordon millions of dollars to be their primary back. And uh, a lot of people are thinking Lindsay's a better passing back, receiving back, because he's a smaller guy. Melvin Gordon's actually a better receiving back, and he's probably better in between the tackles. Where Philip Lindsay's more of a gadget, kind of explosive, you know, kind of, you know, slasher type player. So he can pop off for some plays, but overall, just grinding between the tackles, pass protection, and receiving, Philip Lindsay is not nearly as good as Melvin Gordon, which leads me to believe they're going to use Melvin Gordon a little more than they said. And even if they don't, Melvin Gordon is going to get most of the passing work and he's going to get the goal line work, which is very valuable here. And you're going to get him at lower ownership because these other stud running backs are going to be the focus on this slate. So I, I wouldn't necessarily fade Melvin Gordon. I think he's way too cheap at 5,100. If he is going to get all the passing work and he's 5,100 and he's going to get goal line work, that's way too cheap on 
DraftKings. And if you want to be contrarian on FanDuel, you can pay up for him at $6,600 because I don't think he's going to warrant a lot of ownership, even though he is kind of a household name. People are going to look into it and pretty much the reports say it's a split backfield. Uh, but I think even if it is a split backfield, Melvin Gordon's going to produce better than Philip Lindsay here. Uh, and then you got Noah Fant. Uh, Drew Locke really loves Noah Fant. Noah Fant tight ends usually can take us uh, in their second year, take a jump up uh, and, and know the offense more and know their role. And I think his athleticism will take over now that he knows the offense better. So Noah Fant is explosive athlete, and especially if Corton Sutton's out, you got to love Noah Fant here at 5,400 on FanDuel and 4,600 on DK. Uh, so definitely love Noah Fant. Drew Locke loves him. And it's another it's another weapon that they have. It's just a matter of how the target distribution is going to be between him and Jerry Judy. But other than Judy, if Cortland Sutton's out, those other receivers are not great, which tells me Noah Fant will get more. Uh, he's going to get uh, snaps. It's basically that big slot position that is going to be and he's an explosive athlete. So so there are some good plays here on, on Denver. Um, it just depends. And, and a lot of things are going to depend on Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you're right. He's he's a major domino because if he's out, then you've got more of an interest in the red zone with Fant and Judy. And then all of a sudden you could consider guys like Deshaun Hamilton. He had a, a nice rapport down the stretch with Drew Locke the last two weeks of the season. He was very productive. And he's right in that same price range as Adam Humphrey. Uh, so, you know, that's a decision I know that I'm going to make is which one of those guys to use. Uh, and certainly Hamilton will come into play if Sutton is out. Um, in terms of Gordon, you know, I like your analysis there. It's, it's certainly important to be skeptical about some of these announcements and rumors and, and chatter uh, in training camp because it, it might be accurate. It might be a, a smokescreen. So I, I'm glad that you're skeptical there and you're kind of relying on the talent of Melvin Gordon. And again, if we fade Henry and get Gordon in there, then that'll be, uh, I think it'll be a, a nice strategic edge uh, if, if it all works out and Gordon gets, you know, at least 60% of the touches. You know, it's hard to think that he'd get much more in week one here uh, with his first home game in the altitude. But, you know, we know that he can be very productive and just 5.1 on DraftKings is historically low price for, for Gordon based on his talent. So, um should be a fun one, though. Uh, really excited about this two-game slate. Uh, we would like to you know, give you some lineups here. Hope you've enjoyed the initial breakdown. We're going to be analyzing it throughout the afternoon following the news uh, to get those final re uh, lineups ready for our members. So if you want to jump in, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can sign up today and get in our Discord this afternoon, and we'll get you those lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff. Uh, let's see. Any final thoughts here, Shane, before we wrap up? No, I would just tell the viewers again, like you mentioned earlier, just go ahead, go ahead and hit that like, like button, hit the subscribe button to support us. We're one of the newer companies started at the beginning of uh, 2020 for uh, daily fantasy sports, but we're, we're putting in great analysis and in-depth in analysis that you're not seeing everywhere in terms of some of these extra uh, factors in terms of the teams playing and what we think is going to happen in this games and the way the teams have changed this year and the way the environment is. So we're doing a lot of in-depth analysis and it's proven to be, to give us winning results. So definitely uh, subscribe, uh, subscribe to our YouTube. We're going to be putting up at least three or four NFL videos per, per week and all kinds of other sports, great analysis there. So we definitely appreciate the support there. Absolutely. So uh, thank you for all your support. We'll be back tomorrow with a, with another NBA show. We'll actually record that late tonight, Monday, so you can catch that 
uh, late Monday, early Tuesday for the next two-game NBA slate. It's going to be awesome uh, Tuesday night. And then we'll have our next NFL show uh, late Wednesday night. That'll be up this week. Um, charity of choice here, mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org, set up by the Bryant family. Uh, we want to thank our presenting sponsor again, BetUS. Uh, go to betus.com.pa for all of your sports wagering and casino uh, action. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. On behalf of Shane Caldwell, great research and analysis as always, and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for tuning in, and be sure to tune in again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>